There are some of you out there that kind of like Bible math. You know who you are. You've figured out the genealogy of Noah to know how many years there are between the fall and the flood and stuff like that. Well, if that's who you are, then this episode is for you. I'm Pastor Russell Howard, and this is Beyond the Notes. Okay, this is Beyond the Notes, the math episode. I think I've issued plenty and abundant warning. I think I've told you what's coming. So if you are tempted at the end of this podcast to put down in the comments, I didn't know there'd be math. Yes, you did. I warned you. We come to a moment in John's gospel in the message this last Lord's Day where Jesus uh, is going to uh, more than ever before openly conduct himself in a manner that, that aligns him with prophecies of the coming king. The, the borrowing of the donkey and the humble ride into town evokes uh, Zechariah 9.9, which makes reference to a king. When the crowd cries out to him from, from the Psalms, here comes the king of Israel, and that's a paraphrase, but that's kind of what they, they cried out. He didn't stop them and say, don't call me that. Remember that at the feeding of the 5,000, when they called him king, he, he shushed them and went away. He wasn't having it at that time. But at this time, he is, for the first time, accepting the, the accurate title that he is, in fact, the righteous king of the Jews. Now, talked about this in the message. He, he doesn't mean to accept that title the way they mean to give it. And if you have listened to the last Lord's Day message, you, there's more there about that. But for now, I want to take a look. He comes, he comes to Jerusalem in the, in, at Passover time of, of a particular year. Now, there's a, there's a disclaimer here I need to do. A lot of what I want to share with you is tied to ancient dates that can be disputed by year or two, one direction or the other. The, our modern calendar has not been in existence long enough to have um, a, a, when we when we look back in the first century AD, the first century AD did not call itself that, and they didn't number the years that way. Nobody sat around and said, "Well, Jesus is born." Flip the page from BC to AD, and they certainly couldn't have used our BC dates during the era era before Christ. Um, we have imposed a calendar system backward and sought to peg historical events to our modern calendar system. And that's okay, um, because, again, there's been no consistent system of dating years all around the world until comparatively recent centuries. So uh, with all of that disclaimer in place, there is a remarkable prophecy in the book of Daniel that I want to share with you. It's in Daniel 9. And it's, it's known to Bible authors and Bible <coughs> prophecy scholars as the prophecy of Daniel's 70 weeks. Daniel 9, beginning in verse 20. While I was speaking and praying, and Daniel is writing in the first person, it's his prophecy. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, presenting my plea before the Lord God for the holy hill of my God. That is, I am pleading for the well-being of Jerusalem. While I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the first, came to me in swift flight at the time of the evening sacrifice. Now, we see Gabriel, Gabriel in Scripture 
uh, frequently, and where he's named, it's generally in a in the role of conveying messages between heaven and earth, and, and as as here. He made me to understand, speaking with me and saying, Oh, Daniel, I have now come out to give you insight and understanding at the beginning of your pleas for mercy. A word went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly loved. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. All right, now's where it gets kind of numbery. Seventy weeks, or literally seventy sevens. The word week means is, is literally the number seven. So 77s or 70 weeks are decreed about your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to put an end to sin and to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness and seal both vision and profit and to anoint a most holy place. That is when the 70 weeks are completed, something really, really magnificent is going to happen. Know therefore and understand that from the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem, that's in verse 25, and it's really, really important. Uh, A green flag is waved. A go happens when there is the word to restore and build Jerusalem. To the coming of an anointed one, a priest, there shall be seven weeks. That is seven sevens. So that means that about 49 years after the decree comes to rebuild Jerusalem, there's a mile marker at at that period. Then for 62 weeks, it shall be built again with squares and a moat and in a troubled time. And after the 62 weeks, that is for our purposes, after 69 total sevens, after 69 sevens, 60, the original, the uh, initial seven plus 62 additional. So after 69 sevens from the time the decree goes out, an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing. Now I'm going to stop at 69 weeks because the, the 70th week he goes on to write about is put on hold and has to do with end times prophecy that that last period of seven years corresponds, by the way, for you prophecy students to the tribulation and is yet to come. But this, the, the telling thing for us is 69 sevens or 69 weeks occurs between the decree to build Jerusalem and the cutting off of the Messiah. Okay. Hmm. Let's, let's do a little work. And again, these are notes that are attached wherever you found this, this podcast. Um, the word translated week is literally seven. So we're, 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 we're dealing with uh, 69 weeks to get to the end game. Now, in, in biblical prophecy concerning weeks and years, generally, and this is consistent with most ancient calendars, a 360-day year is used for, for calculation purposes. They knew that the year was longer than 360 days because over time the seasons would actually drift if you did every year 360 days. And so from time to time they would correct. But generally, in, in terms of prophetic terminology, you see it in, uh, in the book of Revelation in chapter 11. The two witnesses are said to witness for 42 months and then in the very next verse for 1260 days. Well, that's three and a half years if the year is 300, if the year is 12, 30 day months. So in the prophecy, we're dealing with 360 days. So we have a period of 69 weeks or 69 
seven-year periods where a year has 360 days. Wow, there's a lot of math. So how many days is that? Well, it's 69 times 7 times 360, which leaves us with 173,880 days. So suppose we wanted to look forward. Well, here's, here's what we know. The decree that Daniel is talking about in Daniel 9, uh, 25, is a decree that was issued by Artaxerxes the Great of, of Babylon in the year 450, I mean, pardon me, 445 BC. Now there are some, there's some disputation about the precision of that date, but um, a couple of sources that I really, really trust, John Phillips, John MacArthur, pegged that date at, at 445. You can drift a couple of years either way, and the point remains, but let's, let's go with 445. And the elapsed years is 173,880 days. Well, we won't use, to actually compute elapsed time, let's not use a 360-day year because we know that, that in our understandings and the time it takes the earth to go around the sun, a year is actually very close to 365.25 days. That's why we need leap years to do that, that, that four-day, I mean, that one-day correction every four years. So if you take 173,880 days, and divide it into 365.25 day years and round, you end up with 476 years. So there are 476 years in the first 69 weeks of Daniel's prophecy from the time Artaxerxes says, okay, Nehemiah, go back and rebuild Jerusalem. 476 years after 445, when that decree happens, is 32 AD. Now, we don't know exactly how old Jesus was. We, I've, you know, we've all said and heard 33, but there's no absolute basis for that. We don't know precisely what year he was born. Very few scholars say that the BCAD thing gets it absolutely right. To compute um, time forward in an elapsed way, by the way, from BC to AD, you have to take the elapsed years minus the start year, in this case, uh, 476 minus 445. And then you, you have to add a year back because there is no year zero. Um, you can work it out on your fingers. You might think that, that five years after 3 BC is 2 AD, but it's not. It's 3 AD. Uh, 5 to 4, 4, I mean, a three, 3, 3 to 2 BC, 2 to 1. One to one, one to two, because there's no year zero. There's nothing at zero to pass through. So uh, elapsed years minus the start year plus one lands us in AD 32 for the fulfillment of a prophecy made by Daniel years and years and years and years before that in that period, Messiah would be revealed. So if you're 10 years off that, you've got the wrong guy. If you're five years off that, you should suspect you've got the wrong guy. But if you're in the early part of the AD 30s, given that these dates may not be super precise, in the early AD 30s, expect the Messiah to be revealed and to be cut off. Um, again, the notes are attached. 
I know that was a lot of math, but for those of you who like legitimate biblical number studies, I'm not talking about where you find symbolism in every single number and make yourself crazy looking for pictures in the clouds. I'm talking about legitimate prophetic chronology and legitimate prophetic numerology. It is a quite remarkable prophecy. Well, what in the world do I do with it, Pastor Russell? I'll go along with you, and I'll even act as though it's—I I, I get it, and I'll download the notes. And so, might I ask, so what? Well, like all prophecy, what what this prophecy does is remind and reassure us that God is both in charge and intentional; that He really is running His universe His way. And if he can arrange things like a decree from Artaxerxes as prophesied by Gabriel to Daniel, decreed by Artaxerxes and fulfilled by Jesus, give or take 480-something years later, he can help you with whatever's bugging you now. And that matters. He is Lord. Well, I told you it would be the math edition, and it was. Uh, By now, I hope that you are enjoying our podcast, that you are liking it and sharing it and all the other things, depending on the platform where you listen. It has been my joy to put you through a math lesson, and we'll see you next week on Beyond the Notes.